0: Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Uh, John Schreiner in for Gary. Gary's on his way to Denver. John will be here for the Omaha women's basketball matchup against Denver. While the men are on the road, taking on Denver tomorrow. What's up? And of course, Jimmy Chavez coming off of his screening of Cocaine Bear. just like myself.
1: Big day in our house. Puppy's birthday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How old? Fourteen. Oh wow. Man, I know. Wow. Yeah, uh, my freshman old. in high school. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, she's
0: starting to rebel. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, fourteen. How's uh, how's is she said she? Yeah, how's she doing? She uh, good?
1: Well, she's awake and wanting to play. Well, at that's least great. when I got out of bed at four something, but that's great. Uh, you know, our hearing's not as good as it used to be, but everything else is pretty sharp. You know, fourteen going on four. Nice. Um, yeah. She's our child, so it's you know <laughs> it's we're having a party tonight for her. I'm, I'm totally serious. We're having pizza. Yeah, cupcakes. She gets none of this, by the way.
0: It's um, just a chance for you guys to celebrate something yeah. that she gets no benefit of. Yeah.
1: You rub her tummy, it's okay. Well, yeah.
0: She takes a good dump outside today. It's a yeah.
1: good day. Which, really, that's good advice for all of us. What, what, yeah, exactly. You just described a really good that's day for good myself, day. too. <laughs> you know? Got then, in the lobby, roll over, and what the hell is Hanley doing? <laughs> yep. Has he lost his mind? And also,
0: why is someone actually rubbing his tummy? You know there is something uh therefore uh, ask us anything next week. Have you ever had to um
2: go number two outside? yeah, you ever been camping?
0: I mean, I you have ever been tailgating in the it, lines it, too long exactly I have been camping, but that's not when it happened but uh,
2: again, maybe maybe a story for
0: you know for for all of our faithful listeners out there uh earmark that one maybe send that over to Jimmy for next week and uh you know I don't mind explaining stories i don't mind telling you about that but uh, yeah there's a moment that uh let's just say involved armor all wipes
2: <laughs> oh you're, you're gonna
1: say armor hot dogs i was like <laughs> well, wait, that's how you arrived at that point. that would make sense
0: too but um yeah. now, did
2: you use the armor wipes before <laughs> to make it come out a little better or uh
0: no you know? i'm uh no i'm ashamed to say I nothing didn't. nope Let's just say you didn't uh, use the three seashells. Well, no, no, I did not. Let's just say I had a burning sensation for the next couple of days <laughs> and it had nothing to do with wings. <laughs> Anywho.
1: Good uh, morning, everybody. Hey, this how's is, your Friday? This is apparently the poop show. It's a feel good Friday. <laughs> that,
0: that unfortunately did not feel good. Hey, it's if a USC Friday. can talk about poop, so can we. Yeah. You know what? Hey, look, everybody does it. Okay. Why, why are there's we trying a, to? Why are we trying book. to act like we're above it? There's Everybody a book about it. that. There is sometimes it hurts. It's okay. Uh, Nebraska taking on Minnesota. Speaking of hurting, the Minnesota Golden Gophers are hurt. they hurting. They're hurting bad. It's kind of um, a segue
1: off the poop talk to
0: their season has been. Yeah, poop. their season's kind of poopy. Uh, I, I'm curious so Will Ohio State catch them mm-hmm. with the longest losing streak? Because right now you've got Ohio State who has lost nine straights. Minnesota has lost 11 straight, and Jimmy, as, as Sharpie was laying out sort of the, the circumstances that Nebraska will entertain tomorrow afternoon at Pinnacle Bank Arena, you said, uh-oh, and I'm paraphrasing, you might have said more than that, but I was thinking the exact same thing. The reason I say, uh-oh. Well, you're getting, I've I've learned, I mean,
1: it's not like I'm that much of a stranger to this place, even though I'm new here. I mean, I, I know Nebraska ball history enough to know you're going to get my hopes up here. Yeah. getting me excited. And then we're going to come back Monday and be like, what the hell happened on
0: Saturday? And, and Nebraska, they pulled that at the end of last year, where uh, I will still dub them as the Senior Day Wreckers. They ruined Ohio State and, maybe more importantly, Wisconsin's senior day by upsetting both teams on the road. That was exciting. And you felt like as they're going into the Big Ten tournament, they were riding a wave of momentum that we were kind of under the impression of, hey, better late than ever for for Fred Hoiberg and for this team. And they took on Northwestern in the first half of that game. Nebraska looked really good. So, again, you're thinking – This is more than just sort of Yeah, they're like
1: Ray Jackson against Chong Lee. He's like jumping up and down. It's over.
0: (laughs) I got him! Saying, Nebraska! Nebraska! Like Jackson! (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Northwestern gets on one knee. They stand on both feet. And then it was a big kick to the face. And the rest was history. And Nebraska with another early Big Ten exit. Gosh, any, any any time we can make Nebraska basketball... Comparisons to the great cinematic adventure of Bloodsport. The great family classic. of Frank Dukes.
2: You know, uh, that movie has something in common. Okay, USA. Yes. Based on real events, but not really. Yeah,
0: the Kumite. Yeah, you're right. So, I, I am nowhere near the mindset of, yep, chalk it up as a dub tomorrow. What Nebraska has done, led by a very fun and energized and productive Kesei Tomonaga. And we talked about the likability factor yesterday, which, again, if you can't give me an NCAA tournament team, at least give me some likability. And this Nebraska basketball team, probably more so than any team that Fred has coached, is the most likable given the injury situation i mentioned this yesterday too seeing the guys like bandermil and gary on the bench still highly engaged with this team that's cool it, it it just it gives you a glimpse of a team that despite the struggles and the losses has at least a solid culture or at least better than what we've seen in years past those are all positives watching the way that even cj wilcher to an extent is playing and giving you some quality minutes I mean, I know a lot of the a lot of the conversation is, starts with Casey Tomlinaga. Then you see the emergence of Sam Hoiberg. Like, look, all these things are great stories. Fred Hoiberg seems to be doing his best coaching since he has put on the red polo at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But are we in the mindset of, oh yeah, they got this tomorrow against the Minnesota team that nobody would blame them if they are getting beat in the first five minutes, decide to just pack it up. One thing I know, no matter how bad of a college basketball team you are, 11 games is a lot of consecutive losses to where you know it and I know it, John. You're due. And Nebraska is not such a force that, ah, it doesn't matter because the talent on the floor will just be so overwhelming to Minnesota, that they have no shot. Because you and I also both know, especially with the injury situation, that is not the case for Nebraska. They're not going to overwhelm Minnesota with talent. Now, the good thing for Nebraska tomorrow is... And that's what makes it scary. Pinnacle Bank Arena. Nebraska's a different team at home. The fans are in love with this team. They'll show up. Wouldn't shock me if it's a sellout. And What did Gary say? 600 tickets were remaining a couple days ago? Yep. This team feeds off of it. But I think for the first time when it comes to an actual game, going into a game, first time in a long time, there's pressure because they're there's supposed ex- to win. Expectation exactly. To win. They're supposed to win. When can we have said that?
1: We're contenders now.
0: In their last victories, when can we say that they were expected to win?
2: Well, I'll be 100% honest with you. I came on. And hosted with you a couple of weeks ago and asked if there was anything left to play for in the season after they lost to Penn State. When Which got, was a fair question. They got drubbed. Right. right. We, I was asking the questions of our guests, like, you know, what what do we even pay attention to with this team at this point? What's left? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, how, how are we supposed to consume the rest of this basketball season knowing what we know now? And look, not only me, I don't think anybody saw this run coming, but... As you said, Fred's done an excellent job of adapting and getting players to be in the right spot, yep. getting them the right mix of minutes. And he, he's found something with K-State Tominago. He's got five straight 20-point games. Mm-hmm. I, I will again ask, where was that earlier in the season? But that's you not know the what? discussion you, for now. You
0: were the one who brought that up, and I will give you credit, because now I, I, I have myself... Maybe wondering the same thing. I, I still I love the fact that he's taken advantage of the opportunity he has. But sure, I I think it will become more and more and more of a fair question as if he continues this all the way you know into the Big Ten tournament.
2: It does feel like one of those spots where it becomes same old Nebraska mm-hmm. basketball, though, right? Like they start to get your hopes up, and then there's that ultimate buzzkill moment, right? It, it feels like that could be the situation. Here's why I don't think it's going to happen this time. Oh, good. I'm glad you said that. I thought I was, thought I was setting not, up a stage where
0: you're like, yeah, I, th- I think they're going to get upset.
2: Like, last season, when you look back on last season, did it ever really feel like Bryce McGowan was here? Did it, did it truly feel like he was a part of husker basketball i it didn't to me because they weren't good enough for it yeah, to matter yeah I, I think that's exactly why so it it didn't feel like it w- It made a big difference that bryce mcgowan
0: right here. And not to discredit bryce it wasn't no, like he was no, 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 uh, prima no. donna and he was no. all about himself but yeah but no, I, I hear what you're feel saying
2: like nebraska had a five-star player on the it roster. just wasn't
0: a very likable team last year and, right. and that's not to say like oh these guys were bad dudes but it just it
2: yeah it was and it, it was partly down to the style of basketball they were playing yeah it was not pretty. It, it it didn't make you feel good about any game because they could turn in any sort of performance on any night, right? Mm-hmm. Like they might go out and and shoot the lights out and run up and down the floor, and they might go out and turn it over twenty times. You just didn't know. I feel like the team now, where they are with the way Fred is having everyone play, they're locked in on defense. They're committed to a style. They you know they get their half court sets. Case they can shoot dump it inside the walker, Sam Hoiberg's playing out of his mind on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. Like, the way this team plays, it feels like a solid identity. They know what they're supposed to do, and they know how to do it, and the style is adapted to the strengths of the players. That hasn't felt like it's been the case in the past. So if the big letdown comes, well, we'll say same old Nebraska, but I don't think it's going to because of the way they're playing. And if Fred can get this team playing a defensive style with their top two defenders injured into the NIT, stone-cold lock he should be back next
0: week. And I think he already is. They could go, dare I even say they lay an egg tomorrow. I I think he's back, and and I think that obviously there's the financial impact of it, but I think – Trev, without saying he's back, talking about the undeniable progress. And remember, that came right before the loss to Michigan. It was right after the Penn State loss. But remember, before the Penn, I'm sorry, the Penn State win, they had lost four in a row, then beat Penn State. Then before the Michigan game, Trev comes out and talks about undeniable progress. Then after that, after they lose to Michigan, they win three in a row, including three wins, or I would say two wins, against legitimate NCAA tournament teams in Wisconsin, who is on the bubble. The part about this team that you bring up, though, that I think is is valid, and that is an identity with a team when you're so limited on who you can actually play. I think it's kind of, I don't want to say easier, but I think you can get to a conclusion a lot quicker because there's not a lot of variable change. And that's one of the problems I think we've seen with this team in the past couple of years where... You would get to February, and there would be no clear-cut identity because you saw all these different combinations still being used. Some guys were healthy scratches, and then they'd be in the starting lineup the next game. Like, there was just no real consistency to not only your starting five, but also your bench rotation and how you wanted to use guys. And, you know, some people would have a quick trigger where you would pull them off, the floor. Others would be in there. Maybe I, I, I'm sorry. I, if you've been listening to me talk about this team for a while, I always bring up Lat man. I never got it <laughs> yet. He played so much. So I never understood it. I know he was, a, he was good defensively, but he was supposed to be a three point sharpshooter and that was never the case. But I, either way, you just never really found anything consistent with the personnel. It's funny this year, as you eliminate, two major contributors to this team due to injury, you have found a little more consistency. Now, the starting lineup has is, is kind of been altered at times, but you're seeing guys playing out of necessity. Sam Hoiberg had to play out of necessity. KC Tominaga's minutes had to go up out of necessity. Blaze Kata, who's been kind of battling a high ankle sprain, has had to give you something off the bench out of necessity. So I think this group, they kind of understand if they're in the starting lineup or if they're not, the type of minutes they're probably going to play night in and night out. And and I think that understanding that, I think it, it allows a little bit more calm, a little bit more of that peace of mind with these guys. At times, you know, in previous years and even at, at times this year where it just seemed like they're trying to sort of figure things out and do too much, I feel like everybody kind of knows where they stand right now because, quite frankly, you only have a limited number of bodies right
2: now. So I – Look, I'm no basketball expert, but it seems to me that in the past under Fred Hoiberg, the style they were trying to play is a great style if you are the more talented, more skilled, more athletic team, when you can just overwhelm teams by running up and down the floor and dominating the game physically. Mm -hmm. The problem was I don't think Nebraska had that team. They were not more skilled, more talented, more physically dominant than many of the teams they were playing in the Big Ten, yet they were trying to play as if they were, yeah. and it wasn't working. Now, you have a team right now that you can look at and say, okay, this team is not going to physically dominate anyone in the league. They, they just won't. They're not necessarily more talented than any of the teams they're going to face. So they have to play in such a way as to maximize what advantages they do have. And when you can get to that, that's how teams from smaller leagues, when we get to the NCAA tournament, that's how they knock off the big dogs. They play to their strengths. And it's taken Fred Hoiberg a few seasons to recognize that there's going to have to be a certain way Mm -hmm. you play when you coach at Nebraska to be competitive. Getting out, running up and down the floor, playing high-flying basketball, probably not going to work until you build something. Right, you got to win first, then get the athletes in. Then you may be able to play that way. But for now, look, you got to grind it out. You got to yeah. grind out wins. Do it however you got to, but maximize the strengths of your team. And I think he's done a great job since losing those two players of yeah. doing that.
0: And I think that's what's probably more than you know the recent winning streak is standing out when it comes to evaluating Fred going forward. Is amidst all of that, you've seen. Fred's coaching chops and I don't think if you if you ever felt like well Fred doesn't have it I don't think you you pay close enough attention to Fred Hoiberg as a basketball mind I mean he has it I just think it's been sort of caught in between philosophies of what he wants to do and what they probably need to do And, and Fred has shown that ability to adapt to what he can get out of this team and look it's it's the most overused, most cliche thing, especially as we get into, as you pointed up, you know, teams that make some up, have some upsets, whether we're talking about conference tournament play, whether we're talking about end of the regular season or in the NCAA, if, if you're a team that is fortunate enough to make it, it's team basketball. Again, I, I know that's cliche and overused, but that's what Nebraska's doing right now. You know, there is a very good one-two game between Derek Walker and KC Tomanaga. But you got Sam Griesel, who for the most part, makes pretty good decisions. Is Sam Grease so limited compared to some of the guys that he's going up against night in the night out in the Big Ten? Yeah. But he's adjusted extremely well. He knows that. He plays around that. Uh, you know, even a guy like Jamarcus Lawrence, who started to find where he needs to be on the floor, where he can best impact you offensively. You know, everybody seems to kind of know their role. I mean, we've even seen C.J. Wiltshire do a better job of taking care of the basketball. You know, so I feel like everybody has kind of given you their moments here in the past month of reason to believe that they've kind of turned a corner a little bit. Now, again, when I say turn a corner, that doesn't mean Nebraska is, you know, going to walk into Pinnacle Bank Arena tomorrow and have no issues with Minnesota whatsoever. Because, again, Nebraska is, they have limitations. And if KC is having a cold afternoon... Or if Derek Walker gets into foul trouble, Blaise Kane's ankle is not great. Like, there's a lot of things that could really impact that. What I loved about that win against Maryland is when Greece was on the bench with foul trouble and Maryland took the lead after Nebraska really looked like they were kind of, you know, controlling things. It looked like, okay, well, that was fun while it lasted. Nebraska had a punch back, and that was good, and it was at home. I don't know if they do that on the road, but it was at home. If you can win tomorrow, John, think about Tuesday night against Michigan State. That being the Pinnacle Bank Arena, knowing that if you, could, if you beat Minnesota, you're going to be over five hundred, and a chance to beat a Michigan State team that could help you in the net rankings, but could also put you two games over five hundred, then all of a sudden, you start to look at the path ahead. I think Iowa's going to be a very tough matchup on the road on the 5th at Carver Hawkeye, especially with what Nebraska did to Iowa in the meeting at Pinnacle Bank Arena. But if somehow... You could pull off tomorrow and Tuesday, and chances are you get what Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament get another win there. It's more than strong case for the NIT. It's more than possible. It's probable. It's probable that they are under heavy consideration to the point that they very well might find themselves in the NIT. And at the beginning of all of this this year, I don't know what you thought. But I felt if Nebraska can at least find themselves in the NIT, that is a plus.
2: Oh, sure. And that yeah.
0: is a that is a big sign of improvement.
2: Playing postseason basketball. Just
0: Yep. Where you don't have to pay to play postseason basketball, like the C I T or the C B I the CIT or the CBI, CIT or the CBI. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we'll give you some money so we can play a meaningless game. So yeah. It's it's all there for Nebraska, but tomorrow more than anything, to me is a validation game of what they've been able to do against Wisconsin, Rutgers, and Maryland. You win tomorrow. To me, it feels a little bit different than the way that they ended last year, where they went on a nice little winning streak to close out the regular season, and they had a good half against Northwestern, but then they lose it in the second half, and you felt like a lot of that momentum was kind of for show. It wasn't really even any type of real sign of improvement. I think this team is improving. I think with what they have to work with, is notable, but if you lose tomorrow,
2: coming Ultimate back here kill.
0: exactly coming back here on Monday, we're just kind of shrugging our shoulders, saying, "Yep, this is what they do." Kind of typical Nebraska, same old Nebraska ball. Yeah,
2: that's what that's what tomorrow is. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think they'll win because look, Minnesota's got absolutely nothing left to play for. They don't. They, there's no reason for them to keep competing. So. And look, I think Nebraska's finding itself to be really confident at this point. You know, the the comeback victory, overtime win over mm-hmm. Maryland. This team's gonna be riding high. I think the confidence will be high. It's a home court environment that's gonna be really energized coming off those three straight wins. I don't I don't see them losing in this spot. Here's what also, don't.
0: guys, consider this. If it's tight in the second half, how is Nebraska? How are they mentally if this thing is tight? Because, again, this is where there's expectations on you in this game. You're expected to win this game. And if that thing is tight, it's it's one thing to be sort of chasing down Maryland in your building after Maryland just beat Purdue because nobody's going to look at that if you fall short against Maryland, given how the season has gone for Nebraska, and say, nope, unacceptable. If this thing is tight, say you're holding on to – a one possession lead, or you're down by a possession inside the final media timeout. What does this team look like? Do they look like a team that's confident in the work that they have put together this past month, or do they start to feel for the first time in a long time, that type of pressure against a team that they should beat again, it's Minnesota, Nebraska in the college basketball world. Nobody cares, but here there's a a lot to take away from tomorrow in how Nebraska handles
2: their business. In the larger perspective of the sport, it's a meaningless game.
0: Yeah. It's two teams that are going to be playing on yeah, the day. game day's not going to be there. No. This is this is two teams that are going to be playing on Wednesday. On both in the, in the bottom
2: third of their league. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Nance and Raftery aren't doing this game. But from an, an evaluation of where this team truly is, might be Nebraska. And
2: Baugh. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's it this
1: only is, makes sense just to drive over. Yeah, it saves the network be very, money. Be very convenient. Yeah, BTN come home, game.
0: sleep in your own bed. So we'll see. All right. So now, that's what Nebraska kind of has going on tomorrow. That's what they're sort of dealing with when it comes to a potential. You keep winning, a potential NIT bid for Creighton. Completely different story on how they respond to what was just a gut punch of a loss at home. And we'll get to that next year on 1620 The Zone.